Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Tuesday, September 6th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's what we're following today. State houses see a record number of first-generation immigrant lawmakers, plus a win for Team Trump in the DOJ probe. But first, what to know about the new Omicron booster? That's today's one big thing. The FDA last week authorized updated versions of the Pfizer and Moderna COVID boosters, and they're now becoming available. These shots are tailored to be more effective against the Omicron variant. But when can you get your dose and when should you? Axios' senior healthcare editor, Adriel Benelheim, has some answers for us. Hi, Adriel. Hi, nice to be with you. So, Adriel, you told us last week that these new vaccines are targeting the dominant strains right now, BA4 and BA5, Who is the CDC recommending get these new boosters? Uh, They're saying these are available and ready for anyone age 12 and up, or most people, unless there's some special exceptions. Only Pfizer's shot will be available for children under 18. But what about if you just had COVID? Because I feel like I know so many people who've had COVID in the past two months. That's right. And and also over the summer, some people went out and got the old boosters. So what they're saying is individuals should be at least two months out from getting their primary COVID series. And if you take something like this too soon after an infection and you kind of super prime your immune system and you could end up getting you know very ill. So they're saying there should at least be this eight week break. Adriel, when the vaccines were first introduced, it's probably hard for people to remember this, how much people wanted to get vaccines. But now that we're on like third, fourth booster shots, are Americans getting these? It has been falling off steadily. People have gotten fatigued. The polling we at Axios and other organizations have done show that people are less involved and less following day to day. You know, what strain is the dominant strain? Less than half of fully vaccinated Americans have received a first booster dose, according to the CDC. And of people with a booster dose, only a third have received a second even though a certain percentage aren't yet eligible. It's a real question. What will be the uptake for these? So you said at the beginning that the FDA is sort of throwing the doors open for anyone over 12. What about children under 12? Yeah, and and the CDC last week when they sort of took the final steps and gave the green light, they say they expect to recommend updated boosters for younger age groups in the coming weeks, but the FDA first has to authorize that. So I think you're going to see a rolling series of authorizations, more and more people being made eligible. The question is how people respond to that. It's, as we've said throughout this, a little bit of a, a make-your-own-adventure, and it's a, it's a function of your perceived risk. Is this also like the time when people should be getting their flu vaccines, and can you do it at the same time? Yeah, there's no reason that that can't be taken care of as well. It's another thing that that is going to be on people's radars. What's interesting about this, I mean, there's a midterm election coming up and getting the vaccines approved now lets the Biden administration say it's prepared for that fall and winter surge. Maybe it makes it less likely that cases will start surging before the elections, and it might make it less necessary to have a difficult, potentially divisive discussion about whether to have the shots. So the timing of this is interesting. We're not suggesting it's totally driven by politics, but there's a politics element to it for sure. 
Adriel Bettelheim is Exorcist's senior healthcare editor. Thanks, Adriel. Thanks so much. In a moment, naturalized immigrants are making their mark in state politics. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. A record number of naturalized immigrants are serving in state legislatures across the country, according to a new report from New American Leaders. Axios congressional reporter Sophia Kai wrote about why there's been such an uptick. Hi, Sophia. Hey, Nyla. What kind of jump and what kind of immigrants are we talking about? So we're looking at an increase of half a percentage point. Most of that was in New York, which added nine state legislatures who are naturalized citizens, as well as in California, which added five. And, you know, this includes anyone who was born outside of the U.S. who moved um, to this country and was naturalized. Now we have a total of 296 naturalized citizens serving across the country in state legislatures. Around 40% are Latino, 35% are AAPI. Of course, that's a, you know, those are large communities and 15% are Black. These stats that you got are coming from the new American leaders. What do we need to know about that organization? So I do think they're one of its kind in the sense that they are the largest group that is working to elect first and second generation immigrants to office across all levels. But most of their work has actually been focused in more local races. So they are preparing both candidates as well as anyone who's interested in working on campaigns, regardless of party. They are nonpartisan. What does your reporting show accounts for this growth in the number of newly naturalized immigrants serving in different, especially in state houses? So there are a couple of factors, right, Nyla? The past four years under Trump, there were a number of anti-immigrant policies, if we remember the Muslim ban, uh, as well as just the former president's rhetoric around who belongs in this country and, and who shouldn't. So that was probably the number one driver of the numbers that we see now as well as just new investments in communities. There are large numbers of immigrants. And what we've seen is that when there is an immigrant on the ballot, it actually drives larger numbers of immigrant voters to turn up and vote. And and remember, these are folks who may not have been involved with the electoral process previously. And what do the numbers show us about new Americans as a voting bloc? They're some of the fastest growing parts of the population. We're talking about 10% of all American voters are first-generation immigrants. And that doesn't even count children of immigrants. If you include both first- and second-generation immigrants, that's an even larger percentage. Are there unique challenges that these candidates face? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, a lot of them are the first in their communities to be elected. And You're facing not just the general challenges of running for office, the campaign finance piece of it. Can you earn enough money? Can you get your name out there? But these immigrants don't have access to the resources that non-immigrants may have. It it may be much harder for them to, to raise money. So they're really relying on groups like New American Leaders to sort of show them the ropes of what it takes to run a campaign and to win. Sophia Kai covers Congress for Axios. Sophia, thanks for joining us. 
Thanks, Nyla. A few headlines to catch you up from our long weekend. The UK is getting a new prime minister. Britain's Conservative Party has chosen Foreign Secretary Liz Truss to replace Boris Johnson as leader. Axios' Dave Lawler reports Truss has taken a hawkish approach to relations with the EU and the war in Ukraine. The Israeli military said for the first time yesterday that Palestinian-American Al Jazeera journalist Shireen Abu Akleh was most likely killed by unintentional fire from an Israeli soldier. Abu Akleh was killed covering conflict in the West Bank in May. As Axios' Barak Ravid reports, Abu Akleh's family refuses to accept the Israeli findings, saying she was murdered and is calling on the Biden administration to hold Israel accountable. A judge has accepted former President Trump's request for a special master. That's a third-party attorney to review the 13,000 documents and items seized in the Mar-a-Lago search last month. It's a big win for the Trump team, as the Department of Justice can't use any of these items for any investigative purposes until the review is complete. The DOJ may appeal. That's it for us today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.